In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Our epistle. Jesus' temptation was for your benefit. First, the devil was forced to play all his cards, by which you can see how Jesus, being tempted, is tempted in the same way that you will be. Defining the tempters also defines the temptations. Second, Jesus begins his work of fulfilling all righteousness. Comes right after his baptism, after all. By rebuffing all the tempter's attacks for you. Now from the text, and from what you learned in your catechism, you know that there are three sources of temptation. Our sinful human flesh, the world around us, and the devil and his demons themselves. Each tempter has their own means of temptation. So, for example, our sinful flesh tempts us with passions and desires. The world tempts us with thoughts of glory and charm. The devil tempts us to twist or to ignore God's holy word to our preferences. First, to our sinful flesh. The scriptures call this flesh the old Adam or the old man. The old man is utterly opposed to the new Adam or the new man that is yours, Christ Jesus, in your baptism. You have both the flesh until the day you die and the new man in Christ into eternity, which means that you are, according to the scriptures, 100% sinner by the flesh and 100% saint by faith in the Son of God. That sets you up for a battle, much like Christ did battle with the devil in the wilderness, the old Adam against the new man in Christ. Thus the Catechism teaches you that the old man is daily drowned and buried by baptism. When you begin, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with your prayers. But Luther also reminds us that the old Adam is a, to quote, damn good swimmer. As long as we remain flesh and blood, the new man in Christ struggles daily against the old man. Or, as Luther says, the tempter goes to work on our flesh and lures us daily into unchastity, laziness, gluttony and drunkenness, greed and deceit, into acts of fraud and deception against our neighbor. So our flesh. And then the world around us is joined in this evil league of evil. The world itself was brought into corruption, as we heard in Genesis today, by Adam's fall into sin, thorns and thistles, pain and childbirth. So the world is a temptation for us. We struggle to make ends meet because of its corruption, and yet we'll try to make ends meet in the worst possible way. With temptations, as Luther says, to hatred and envy, to hostility, to violence and injustice, 
unfaithfulness, vengeance, cursing, railing, slander, arrogance, and pride, along with a fondness for luxury, honor, fame, and power. So as we saw with Jesus in the wilderness with the devil, so we see in our own lives. The world's temptation is to be important, to be influential, and most of all, to be filthy rich. So along with these temptations, we'll step on as many toes to get what we want, trample as many neighbors underfoot as is needed to get there. So the second tempter. Then along comes the the devil himself, Dr. Evil, who baits and provokes us. Jesus calls him a liar and a murderer from the beginning. His chief aim is to lie to you about God's word, to cause you to forsake God and his word and his work. He wants nothing more for you than to abandon faith and hope in Christ and to be drawn inward on yourself. His aim, then, is unbelief, hardness of heart, a false sense of security, or despair, or blasphemy, or any other great sin. But his temptations, unlike our flesh in this world, are quite a bit more subtle. His chief tactic, again, is to twist or manipulate God's word, We heard that in Genesis as he tempted Adam and Eve. We heard it again in the Gospel as he tempted Christ himself. So it goes like this. Did God really say, maybe things would be happier for you without God? Maybe if you do this thing, you won't die, but rather you'll live and live in happiness. Isn't God's word holding you back those commandments a burden for you? Maybe really the problem isn't you after all. Maybe the problem is with God. Or maybe the problem is with the church and his institutions. Organized religion is the issue. You should set yourself free from it. So you see the devil's temptations are to twist or distort God's word, but he has an ally with our flesh with the temptations of this world. So, again, there is a warfare afoot between Christ and the devil, which has been won at the cross, and now, which is at work in you, between the body of death, your flesh, and the new man that is yours in baptism in Christ. That's what temptations are. Temptations to sin is that warfare. Temptation doesn't come from God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one, James says. It's not, it is actually our flesh, not God, that hates him, that seeks to do what is opposed to his word. So also with the world, it's not governed by faith. There's no such thing as a Christian nation. The world is governed by the lusts and passions of flesh and blood people. So also the devil, of course, as you know, with his demons, prowl around in this his kingdom, seeking someone of faith to devour. So for that reason, 
there is warfare afoot. And because you have flesh and blood, there will be in you weakness, stumbling, even falling into sin. One day we stand, the next day we might fall. As long as we live in the flesh, in this world, and in the domain of the devil, temptations to sin will come. We pray that we not fall into temptation. But we know that we often still do. We suffer under them. We get caught up in them. Try as we might to escape them. We fall. And they even beset us. Which is why we're here. To pray against temptation. That we not fall into them. Give ourselves over to them. To be equipped again by our baptism into Christ with his word, which the scriptures call our armor. Or as we sang in the hymn, let us put God's armor on. So that when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, what we're asking is for him to give us the power and the strength by his word and spirit to resist. We're not asking that temptation be removed or taken away but rather that we would have strength to overcome it in Christ. And God has promised that in Christ. With temptation, he will provide the way of escape, or he will provide you with Christ Jesus, who is your way of escape. We heard that in the epistle, that Christ Jesus, he knows our temptations. He knows the struggles of our flesh and of this world and of Satan himself. He experienced that quite poignantly in the gospel today. He was tempted in every way as we were, we are, and yet without sin. As you heard, in all things Jesus had to be made like us, his brethren. For he, in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, and he is able to aid those who are tempted. That's why you're here today, to be renewed and to be strengthened in faith against temptation. That happens by your sins being forgiven in the blood of Christ. Christ who has already won for you victory over sin and death and devil. By your faith given to you in baptism, you are forgiven completely in Jesus. Both now and forever. You are and always will be washed clean, spotless through his shed blood. You now stand forgiven. Maybe you've forgotten But now you know again. And thus you are equipped. You are in Christ. The one who has already overcome for you is now your holy possession. Your brother. He will not allow you to fall into shame or vice. And without him, it would be impossible for you to overcome even the smallest temptation. Again, that's what it means to be a Christian. It means that you, yes, while flesh and blood have the old Adam, the old man, and you struggle, but you struggle because you are the baptized. You have Christ Jesus, the new man. The old life, not as a Christian, was far easier. There was no struggle. But the life of Christ, in Christ is a life of hard labor and toil. Always at the door are great perils to temptation and unbelief. We must bear that. Sometimes they come after us one by one, and other times we're assaulted from all sides, it seems. We are daily attacked. We are chased. We are hunted. 
But in Christ, we cannot be overcome. Apart from God, there'd be no hope for us. But we are the baptized. Thus we can pray with all boldness and confidence to our Lord's Father, to God the Father, that we can pray, lead us not into temptation. And then we know, we are confident that he will preserve us and our faith. God will surely answer and deliver us. So therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace this day. Receive his body and blood for our forgiveness and strengthen us in the faith. That there we would obtain mercy and find grace to help in every time of need. Thanks be to Jesus and his holy name. Amen.